Welcome to the Domestic Fuel Cast, a podcast devoted to news and information about alternative fuels and energy, produced and hosted by Zimcom New Media. A little help for the biofuels infrastructure in California. I'm your host, John Davis. We've talked about it before, the issue of plenty of ethanol and biodiesel and vehicles that can burn the green fuels, but not enough infrastructure to support those cars and trucks needs. But a little help from the government is changing that in one of the largest concentrations of privately owned vehicles and, incidentally, one of the largest concentrations of flex fuel vehicles in the country, California. Matt Horton is the CEO of Propel Fuels, a California-based company that provides E85 ethanol and biodiesel to existing stations. He says having the types of pumps that can handle those fuels is the biggest problem. One of the, the key challenges in the alternative fuels and biofuels market in particular being the lack of infrastructure to provide everyday customers with access to the fuels. So we really are focused on that last mile, um, bringing the customers into the equation, because we feel that as an industry, we've largely failed to engage individual consumers on a massive scale. And that's really the, the problem that Propel was established to address. And he says it's not a matter of the public not wanting these biofuel vehicles. We hear a lot about the chicken and egg problem in in the alternative fuels industry, uh, we like to say that there's already a great big egg out there. Uh, you know, there are nearly, uh, are approximately 9 million flex fuel vehicles on the road today. So there's already a pretty good market there and lots of diesel vehicles that can use our biodiesel. So uh, the market exists. Uh, the, the infrastructure is missing. One of the key components that we do lack is customer education. There are lots and lots of people that drive flex fuel vehicles that have no idea that they're driving a flex fuel. So we do a lot of work as a company to help educate the public on the benefits of E85 and uh, helping people uh, become aware that they can, can use the fuel. But Horton says the infrastructure doesn't come cheap. They've been able to secure a nearly $11 million in state and federal grants to put in the pumps consumers need. Anthony Eggert sits on the California Energy Commission. He says the state's portion of the money, about $4 million, comes from California's Alternative and Renewable Fuels and Vehicle Technology Program, also known as AB 118, named for the enabling legislation that created it. It's about around $100 million per year uh, for the CEC to invest in a portfolio of fuels that, non-petroleum fuels, um, with the goals of achieving our greenhouse gas goals, our petroleum reducing our petroleum dependency um, and improving our energy security through energy diversity. Um, the grant that was received by Propel uh, was from that program. It was uh, $4 million uh, for the installation of around 75 uh, stations. Um, our, our portion was to fund the E85, 85% ethanol, 15% uh, gasoline. Uh, stations to supply the flex fuel vehicles in the state. Right now, estimates are that there's about half a million FFVs uh, that operate in the state, although very few of them actually use the uh, E85 because the infrastructure is not readily available. And so with this grant, uh, we'll bring the statewide total of those stations up to about 100 uh, across the state. And Eggert justifies the tax money spent on this program as just a drop in the bucket compared to what consumers have to spend on non-renewable petroleum-based fuels. In California alone, on a daily basis, we spend approximately $150 million per day 
uh, on gasoline and diesel fuel. Um, and of course, as the price of fuel increases, as the price of oil increases, uh, that expenditure uh, increases proportionally. And I think that really says two things. One is that the uh, the impact to our economy uh, with respect to volatile fuel prices is substantial. Um, and a lot of that money goes outside of the state, um, and a lot of it goes outside of the country to basically pay for our dependency on this single source of transportation energy, which is petroleum. And I think, you know, we can look at recent events to see all of the um, negative consequences of that dependency, uh, not just oil spills in the Gulf, uh, but certainly our, our dependency on, on countries that are not always favorable um, to the U.S., as well as climate change, um, which we see as a huge problem for California and its residents. So we see a, a very, very modest public investment of $100 million a year to transition us towards a cleaner and more energy secure future is a very, very wise public investment um, uh, and one that uh, we think over time will transform the transportation sector to uh, basically deliver these, these cleaner options for customers. Horton points out that this $4 million investment from the state and nearly $7 million boost from the federal government will pay direct benefits in the form of new jobs, less foreign oil, and more money in consumers' pockets. It's going to create about 450 new jobs here in the state of California, a state that desperately needs jobs. Uh, it's also going to have significant greenhouse gas emissions reductions, as you mentioned, uh, will reduce a lot of imported petroleum, and probably more importantly for our consumers, People are going to actually be able to save money with us by, by using these fuels. So it's really a win all around. And we find in our customer base, we have people that are very committed environmentalists that buy the fuel. We've got people that are concerned about energy security, people that want to support the domestic economy and are tired of sending money overseas for foreign oil. So it's a very broad spectrum of, of customers that we serve and people have lots of reasons for, for buying fuel. But again, people saving money is, is in times like this, really an important driver as well. Horton would like to see this replicated across the country. Eggert can't speak for the other states, but he says this is just the first investment for the California Energy Commission's plan. We have investments in, for example, biofuel production um, with a pretty significant focus on what I would call second and third generation biofuels, um, things like waste cellulosic conversion uh, to liquid biofuels and to biomethane. Uh, we have some investments in algae-based biofuels, uh, which we see holding great promise for uh, high productivity and, and low-carbon fuel generation. Um, and then we have uh, investments in getting those fuels to the market. So, for example, the one that we've been talking about, the Propel investment, uh, which is to uh, provide a distribution mechanism for uh, alcohol, E85 in particular, as well as, as biodiesel. Um, to be able to deliver that those fuels to the customer. Uh, we also have investments, very, very significant investment in the first round on electric vehicle infrastructure. Um, we're funding approximately 4,000 uh, infrastructure charging points. Um, most of those are coming through three large programs, uh, uh, one called Ecotality, focused primarily in Southern California, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, Kulum Technology, which is distributing um, charge points across uh, mostly Northern California, and then Clipper Creek, uh, which is uh, upgrading all of the existing uh, electric vehicle charge points that have been 
previously installed uh, to serve the last round of electric vehicles. Um, we have, uh, we're in the process of funding um, about a dozen or so hydrogen stations to serve hydrogen fuel cell vehicles um, that are expected to be coming online over the next couple of years. And we're also funding a fair amount of, of vehicle development and demonstration, mostly focused on medium and heavy duty goods movement and transit type vehicles. Um, so we're investing in a number of different companies that are developing and deploying uh, plug-in hybrid electric uh, medium duty um, you know, delivery vehicles, uh, drayage trucks for port um, activity, uh, as well as some, some transit operations. Eggert says the key is not pursuing just one option and making sure the portfolio of energy options and the necessary infrastructure is as diverse as possible, while attracting private investment as well. The goal of this program is not to pick a singular winner, but to pick a portfolio of potential winners um, to support them and leverage those investments significantly against private investment. Because if this is going to succeed, it has to scale uh, to the billions of gallons, which means billions of dollars of investment, much, much more than any you know, public entity could sustain. That has to be a profitable industry, um, and it has to be one that can be self-sustaining uh, within, a, within a durable policy framework. Horton points out they have also secured a significant chunk of private investment in this infrastructure upgrade. We've got some very supportive venture capital investors that have backed the company, uh, Creighton Equity Partners, Ent uh, Power, and At Ventures, uh, fantastic investors that have provided us with the equity capital, and we've got a great partner in Hercules uh, Technology Growth Capital uh, that's provided us with some venture debt as well. So, yeah, we're really bringing public and private money together to build this program out. I'm John Davis reporting. You've been listening to the Domestic Fuel Cast, the official podcast of DomesticFuel.com. Check out the website daily for the latest good news about the alternative energy industry.